God is so faithful. Amen. Has he been good to anybody this week? He has blown my mind this week. I mean, it's just, he has messed with me this week in the most wonderful way. And I kept praying that he did to you guys instead, but I mean with me. And uh, <laughs> he's just so good. Um, I decided to come out before we started this next portion because when I didn't come out before, everybody was looking like, what just happened? So Keith, if you would. If you What could we be talking about today? We're done. You can go. (laughs) Guys, the potential that is in this place. If we will just get our thinking straight. Amen. If we would just allow God to reign and rule and be sovereign over our thought life. One day, guys, just do it for one day and see what God does. Amen. We're going to press in today and see what he has for us. I believe there is a challenge in the spirit today. I believe that God is calling all of us up higher. Are you ready to go? Oh, you on the third row, you didn't say, are you? (laughs) Are you ready to go? Don't make me start at the front. No, let's stand up and let's get into the word and see what he has for us today. Ah, he's good. Finally, brethren... Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Oh, Father, that's what we need. We need the God of peace to be with us. We need the God of peace to reign sovereignly over these minds of ours. Father, over our situations. Father, the world is kind of crazy right now. But we serve an omnipotent God. We serve a God who knows exactly what's going on and knows how to sort it out. I thank you, Father God, that you have given us the mind of Christ. And so, Father, we purpose in our hearts to tap into that thing today, Father, that you have provided for us. I come against distraction, come against confusion. Today, Father, anytime you teach us about the mind, the enemy comes at us. So, Father, I thank you that you're protecting this room right now, Father. Let our minds be stayed on you. You have our focus and our attention, Lord. Let everything that is of me Fall and be forgotten. Everything else stand and produce fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is so good. The original um, text, the original sermon title this week was supposed to be peaceful thinking. 
Do you have any idea what the enemy does to you when you're supposed to be teaching on peace? I was not thinking peaceful this week. So I did what any godly, God-fearing person would do. I changed the sermon title. (laughs) Because it just seemed like the right thing to do. How y'all like that one? Let me tell you something. There be lions in this room. You just don't know it yet. You just haven't come to believe it yet. Hal walks in and he said, what are you teaching on? And I said, I'm teaching on change your mind. He said, well, that's pretty perfect for you. <laughs> I'm going to need some elders to pray for me. Oh my goodness, it's absolutely true. This has been my battlefield. I've had many battlefields, but the battlefield of the mind is one that I have struggled with. One that I <laughs> there is evidence of all over my life. But as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So I ask you today, what, what were you thinking? What have you been thinking? Because what you have been thinking... And what's in your heart is manifesting all over your life. All over our life. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. One version, one translation says, as a man thinks in his heart, so will he become. That can be wonderful or that can be scary. Amen? I used this example one time before, I believe. I'm not sure if it was here or not, but um, the Lord dropped in my spirit a perfect example of the power of a thought. The power of a thought. That I have this nephew. He's super sweet. He's like almost 30 now. But from the time he was just a little guy, he was one of the most pure-hearted people that you ever want to meet. He just innocent in his character, innocent in his perceptions, and he takes what you say at face value. He always has. And I think sometimes we forget there are still people like that in the world Some people who are just pure-hearted and go, oh, she said it, so it must be true, you know? Well, being mean grown-up adult parents that we were when we were little, we had a bunch of little kids, and then I was at my sister's house. They were playing in the backyard, and it was a sunny day, and it was bright outside. And this was back during the time when skin cancer was relegated to old people. And so all of the young people found as much oil as they could possibly find, and slathered it on themselves and baked outside, you know, that kind of thing. Not that any of you would ever do this now, because we know better. But you understand, we were poor people, and and this deep tanning oil that was required was expensive. And so Angie had, like, you know, saved her money and gotten this bottle of oil, not anointing oil, but we felt like it was, never mind. Anyway... (laughs) And it was sitting on the, on the table and we glanced over this brand new bottle. It's like got two thirds of it missing. And our eyes sweep over to the backyard and we look out there and this shiny kid <laughs> goes darting across the yard, just playing slicked back, his hair's back. He looks like a used car salesman. I'm sorry to any used car salesman in the room. I'm not talking about you. But he's got this, it's real easy to discern who's got oil on them. 
Now think about that one for a while. So Angie was a little upset, just a little bit, and she opens up the back door, and this is the little literal child, the one that believes anything you say. And so she throws the screen door open, and she says, Justin Lee, you are going to fry like bacon. (laughs) Not her better moment. (laughs) And this little shiny kid in the backyard, his eyes get big as saucers. And his arms go out and he goes running, screaming, I don't want to fry like bacon! And he's running across this backyard heading for the one tree in the whole space. And he's running as hard as he can. And Angie and I are up on the second floor and we know what has just happened. We have just rocked his little world. And Justin finds this tree and he plasters himself to it with his arms and his face is sideways and his eyes are closed tight. And we're yelling, Justin, it's not true. Justin, it's not true. Justin, it's not true. And we're running down the steps and we get over to that part of the yard and there are tears streaming down his little face, streaming down his little face. And and he was so scared. He was so altered by those thoughtless words that, that in that moment, our words couldn't get to him. We had to get on his level and go, Justin, honey, we, we don't mean it. It's not true. You're not going to fry like bacon. <laughs> like, Justin, baby, it's not true. But see, some careless words had altered his reality. Some careless words by somebody who knew better, but in a moment was having a bad moment, threw those words out there. And for that brief moment in time, Justin was extra crispy. (laughs) It's funny now, it wasn't funny then. But you know what? It's just a silly story. Until the words have been spoken over your life. Until you're the one still clinging to the tree. And no matter what anybody else has said to you, it's not true. It's not true. It's not true. What they did, you didn't deserve that. What happened to you, it wasn't right. That's not true, baby. Don't believe it. It's not going to matter. You're still going to cling to that tree until you can finally get face to face until you can finally have an encounter with someone whose truth can overtake the lie. And that is what we've come to do today. That is what we've come to do, is to allow God in deep enough to begin to change those things that have had us clinging in our hiding places for a long time. Are you ready? Do you want to go there with me today? Because we have come to allow God to change our minds. Allow God to change our minds. There's a phrase right now that's extremely popular and I see it everywhere and I love it. It says she believed she could, so she did. Could say he believed he could, so he did. They believed they could, so they did. But when I look at this, 
what I see is, is an encouragement that it's not scripture, but it is so God-based. Because the, the faith that is on the inside of us and the things that we believe begin to manifest in our lives. Our faiths, the things that we... You know, it's like we, we, we will only do the things we believe we can do. We will only venture out into the things that we think we can do, that, that we believe we can do, until God gets in the middle of it. Until God does. When God steps in, all things are possible. All things are possible. But you've got to grab hold of that word in order to step over into that. You know what I mean? Because in the flesh, you can say, oh, I believe I can, I believe I can, if you have no ability to do it. And without God's strength, you can believe and it might not happen. I believe I need a Lexus. Does anybody see my husband anywhere? <laughs> I believe those are pretty awesome cars. I don't need one. And just because I believe they're good cars doesn't mean it's gonna, all of a sudden going to be there. But you know what? The things that we believe about ourselves, the things that we believe about the people around us, the things that we believe about God, those are our realities. Just like Justin was living in his reality in that moment, even though it was a false reality. The things that we believe, the things that we allow our mind to play with and toy with and ponder and dwell on, begin to shape our lives. And they begin to paint this room that we live in. You can do this, you can do that, you can do that. You can't do this, you can't do that, you can't. And it begins to box us in. And it begins to um, write these things in our lives that we, we begin to view everything through. You know, somebody can say to you, you are the most beautiful creature. Oh my, maybe the word creature isn't good when you're referring to a person. <laughs> Creation. You know, you are the most beautiful thing in the world. Paula, I love your haircut. I love your smile. I think you're beautiful. I think you're talented. The most gifted writer. And that's the truth. That's truth. And somebody could walk up to Paula and say, well, that didn't make any sense to me. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're... And somehow those, un, without the, the guard of God, go really deep. They begin to etch their way into your soul. Somebody can say, I love you. I love you. I love you so much. I want to marry you. And one day go, I'm not sure I want to be married to you. And you forget all about the million times they said they loved you. And that one thing becomes your reality. And because it, what happens, I shared this in first service. When a river is formed, the river is formed over time and over repetition. This, this water begins to move against soil. And soil dirt will never win against water. And the water begins to move and it begin, begins to form these little rivulets, these little uh, channels. And over time, over, through this conflict of sand and water and dirt and water, this conflict, there's this river that is dug out and the water wins. Okay? There's this repetition that takes place in our lives that's been etching things into our lives that's been trying to dig furrows into our lives and it's our thoughts and it and it does leave its mark that the, the um, statistic is 
an average human being, which I, let's just put us all in that category, the average human being, the mind will, will, come, will come up with 50,000 thoughts a day. They're just estimating. About 50,000 thoughts a day. They obviously don't drink the same coffee that I do. Because I think I have that between like 7 and 7.15 in the morning. And I have solved world hunger. But the, of those 50,000 thoughts that are generated in the human mind, they say the 70% of them are based in negativity. So that means... 35,000 thoughts are bombarding your mind, whether it's what you think about you, what you think about your pastor, what you think about the person sitting next to you, what do you think about the politicians that you saw just a few minutes ago. The negative things begin to form these channels in our life and we begin to live there. And what happens is these negative things begin to itch on our glass. They begin to etch into our mind frame. They begin to etch themselves into the window through which we view the world. There might be something absolutely beautiful going on out there, but what you see, what stands out to you, are the words. What stands out to you are the things that have been written on your soul, that have been etched into your spirit through carelessness of words, through moments and times that should have never happened, and they've become your reality. And see, it would be wonderful. I know that this messes with people's theology because I know that when we are born again, when we receive Christ as our Savior, we are a new creation in Christ. We are. The old has passed away. Behold, all things become new. But sometimes it takes a while for us to have our minds renewed by the washing of the water of the Word. We've got to be transformed in our thinking, transformed in our thought life by the water. And what happens is that as we begin to engage God and engage God's Word, that water, the water of the Word, begins to engage the dirt and begins to wash away those things that have tainted our view for a long time. But what happens if you don't get into the Word? You walk through life going, but I'm a Christian, why do I still feel this way? I'm a Christian, why do I struggle with thoughts of addiction? I'm a Christian. How can I still feel like I'm ugly or I've been used or that situation was my fault or why, why can't I get past this God? Because you've got to get some word in your life. You've got to engage the word of God and allow the, the, the word of God to engage you. That's the only thing. The only thing is to overcome the lies with the truth. And there's only one truth. We're being challenged by God. I, I ran across this, and I, I kind of just had one of those spiritual V8 moments. You know, it's like, ah, oh, there you just... Because I, I, I was reading this exposition, and they were talking about this passage of Scripture, and they were talking about, think on these things, whatsoever things are true. And it said, let your minds be exercised 
breathed, braced, lifted, filled by bringing them into contact with truth. By bringing them into contact with truth, especially the highest of all truths, the truths affecting God and your relationship to Him. And what hit me was, ah, oh, so many wasted opportunities. This, and, and the impact when it says bringing them into contact with truth, there is such a purposefulness. There is just such a, a determination when I read this to go, I will determine in my spirit to come in contact with ultimate truth every single day of my life, to stop allowing media, to stop allowing social circles, to stop allowing everybody to tell me what's true. And I will purposely engage and bring my mind into contact with the Word of God in such a way that I can be changed, that I can be healed that I can be made whole. And see, there's just something, I, I, I love that, uh, that's challenging to me, that, that my mind would be exercised and that, does anybody ever <laughs> go, I just wish my mind could just breathe, could just breathe some of this stuff out and, and, and let it go to be braced and lifted and filled. See, sometimes we struggle, sometimes we have a hard time and, 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 and we'll have issues and, because we've not encountered truth enough to be changed. And so we still have sin issues in our life and, and things are going on in our life. You know what? You know what's really sad to me? And, and this, the, I point the fingers back at me too. Our engagement with the Word of God has become so minimal, if at all. It seems to me, it seems to me, because, I mean, I can see it in my life. I can see it in the lives of those that I work with and counsel that I try to work with and, and, and help. It seems like our time with God, our time in the Word has been re relegated to peace, comfort, or rescue. It seems like we engage the Word of God when we need a Word that's going to tell us to how, how to get out of the mess we're in. Or we need the Word of God when we're in pain and we have nowhere else to, to run. or Which is all well and good, but what happens is it leaves you unprotected. It, you don't have the full counsel of the Word of God. You don't have enough Word in you to keep you out of the mess in the first place. Does that make sense? Does that make sense if you if you're digging into the word of God and his truth is overriding those temptations his truth is beginning to to cover your life guys you're not going to struggle with some of the things that you're getting bound by you're not going to get stuck in those ditches because the word of God keeps us you know psalm says and we've given up on this but the Word of God tells us that a young man can keep his way pure. We don't know about that anymore because what we know is being forgiven for not being pure. But there is a place that you can stand in the Word of God. There is a depth of engagement with the Word of God that literally means it will help you to keep your way pure. It's not impossible. Your child does not have to take that path just because all the other teenagers do. It's not a given. 
doesn't have to go that way. You don't have to sin just so you can get a good testimony. Let your testimony be, God kept me. God kept me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By treasuring the Word of God. When was the last time you counted the Word of God among your treasures? Purposely engaged and braced by the Word of God. Zig Ziglar said, you are what you are and where you are because of what has gone into your mind. You can change what you are and change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. I realize this is not scripture. I get it. That's not scripture, but this is a Christian man. And his success before he found Christ was was big. His success after he found Christ, much greater. It's true. It's true in this sense. That's not scripture, but I can tell you what is scripture. When it talks about where you are, you're because of what you've gone into your mind, that goes straight back to as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So will he become. What you're thinking is, is going to help determine who you let into your life, the things that you engage, the places you go, the jobs that you try to take, the, um, the field that you go into. It's all affected by what you believe. But see, the Word of God tells us that there's a higher way. There's a higher way of thinking than, than all of the don'ts and the do's and the, the ifs and the what's. There's a way that God engages us. There's a way that, that God has asked us to think. You know, when Scripture says that His ways are higher than ours and His thoughts are higher than ours, His thoughts are higher than us. I believe this passage of Scripture that we started with in the very beginning is a glimpse into the mind of God. I believe when He says that we are to think on those things that are true, whatsoever things are true, when we're supposed to think about that, I believe God's going, that's because I dwell in truth. That's where He lives. That's who He is. His words are true. I believe that is a glimpse into the very mind of God. I believe when He says that we are to think on things that are honorable, I believe that is His way of reminding us that there is still honor in man. I believe that is His way of going, I want you to see what I am doing in them rather than what Snapchat shows them doing. I want you to see the honorable side of humanity, that side of of mankind that God has built something beautiful into. I want you to allow your mind to dwell on those things. We don't do that. Man, have you ever noticed how a news, uh, they'll open it with a human interest story or they'll, they'll actually just do a blurb and say, coming up in this next, coming up in this half hour, you know, man rescues basket of kittens from water. And then they don't do it till the last 15 seconds of the newscast. Do you know why they do that? Because we'll stay for that. Because there's something on the inside of us that wants to see the best in humanity. There's something inside of us that wants to push past all of the garbage you got to get through to save the kittens. (laughs) I know Pastor Ronnie's going, couldn't you have made it puppies? (sighs) Say, would a man really get his shoes wet for a cat? (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, puppies can swim. You'd be amazed at how determined a cat can be when you put them in a tub too. <laughs> Not that I've ever done that with my sister's cat, but anyway. <laughs> but our hearts long to engage the beauty of God. Our, our hearts long to see somebody else succeed. And if it doesn't, there's something wrong. If you enjoy watching the people trip as they go over the hurdle at the Olympics, you are messed up. <laughs> Laugh later when you see that he's okay. But guys, we want to see the good stuff. We want to see the best in humanity. And that's because God put that in you. God put, put enough in you that you'll stay through 25 minutes of garbage to get to good. Next time, just go back for the last 15 seconds of the newscast. What we feed our minds is shaping so much. It's changing so much. And in order to change it, in order to make it different, we got to repent. You're like, what? Repentance? What do you mean we got to repent? That doesn't mean go cry in a corner. It doesn't mean I'm so sorry I did that because you can be sorry all day long and still be messed up. You can be sorry all day long and go right back out and do it again in 15 minutes. I'm so sorry I hurt you, but man, you are stupid. Anyway, there's a worldly sorrow that leads to death. Sorry all day long and never forgiven. Or there is a godly sorrow that leads to life, and that's the one that we want. Repentance means you change your mind so deeply that it changes you. So deeply that it changes you. And my hope in this today is to go, turn it around, guys. Start thinking about the good things, the lovely things, the beautiful things, the things that encapsulate God, that show His presence in the earth. And what you're going to find when you do that, there's going to be a power and a strength that comes into your spirit. There's going to be a determination and a hope birthed on the inside of you. And you all have to forgive me for this next slide, but I liked it. But what you're going to find is I know, I know it's from the Wizard of Oz, but if you know what it is, then you've watched it too. <laughs> but what we find, what we find when we engage God that's heartbreaking and it's fabulous is that it was there all along. That, that power to overcome, that victory that was on inside of us, the hope to, to move in and, and to take the land. It's all been there because the Word of God says that He has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. He has given it all to us. And He, he didn't just wait until, oh, well, no, she's not getting that until next Thursday. No! He poured that into us when He rescued us from this body of sin, when He rescued us. When He saved us, He gave us everything we need. Everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. It's always been there. Guys, you just got to engage God. 
And what happens when you do that? The dam bursts. The water begins to flow in your life again. Your thoughts begin to line up with His thoughts. Hope is reborn on the inside of you. And all of the things that were written on your window change. Change. And everything becomes tainted, gloriously tainted by this thing that's on the inside of our spirit that says God is good. God is good. I know this is a mess, and this is a mess, and he's definitely a mess, but God is good. Wouldn't you like that to be your mindset? Wouldn't you like that to be the window through which you view the life that he has given you, this one life that he's given you? To know God is good. Mm. I want to do this a little different. I believe I'm supposed to. Would you stand? Because what I saw in my spirit with this one was that I just want to pray over you if I can. Because I know the mind is a battlefield. That was a little plug for Tuesday morning's Bible study with Cecilia. (laughs) Battlefield of the mind. And though I jest and though I joke, I do know that there's a battle. I do know that it's being waged in many of your minds. And it's manifesting in our lives. So I want to pray over you, if I can. If you just extend your hands. Jesus. Oh, Father, I thank you. I thank you so much that we have been given the mind of Christ. I thank you, Father, that that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I thank you, Father, that you are calling each of these in this room up higher, Father. Father, I speak to depressed places in the name of Jesus, and I break that in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit would just invade that space right now with your truth. Father, for those who are encased in mourning, Father, this morning, I ask, Father, for joy. I ask for a garment of praise to come. Father, for those that have been battling fear, Father, those that have laid down at night and somebody's got a real struggle with fear, everything, you are anxious in everything. The word would say to you, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. And Father, for those that have this, that have a spirit of worthlessness, this, this lie, this torment that tells them they can never be anything or go anywhere, do anything for you, I speak to the lion on the inside of them. I thank you, God, that they are the head, that they are above and not beneath, Father. So Father, guard our, guard our minds. Shore us up. Draw us deeper into your word, Father. Engage us that we would engage you, Father. We love you. We thank you that chains will be broken. Bondages will be loosed in the name of Jesus. Father, that healing will come, that wholeness, Father, and that they will grab hold of everything you have grabbed hold of them for. And we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Be released, guys. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Engage truth this week. My hope would be that you would think on these things. Amen? Amen. I love you guys. God bless you.